Well, friends, it is my honor and my privilege today to introduce to you Ginny Hansen, who is the founder and the international director of Saxum Ministries. Can you please give her a warm welcome this morning? Good morning. I'm thankful to be here once again and share with you. Um, the first service, I thought about it. The second service, I really thought about it. And the third service, I'm going to do it. Okay? I have Sindhu with me. She's from New York. She's very dear and near to my heart, love her with everything in me. And yeah, I just want to introduce Sindhu because she helps me so much. I also want to say thank you to Sherry and the people in the bookstore in the office here for all that they do to help Saksam to come here. Janice and Linda and Mike who help Saksam. It's, I couldn't do this alone and I don't do it alone. So I want to thank the people um, that are really close and near and dear to my heart for helping. They share messages about Saksam in New York. They share in Michigan. They share in Iowa. I can't come from Cambodia and share, and they share in the bookstore. When you wear our product, you share. So thank you, everyone, for sharing about Saksam. So that's, I just wanted to let that out. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Ginny. I'll just tell you I'm closer to 60 than 50. And I don't mind saying my age, but I like that little jingle. It makes people laugh and walls come down, so you can use it. Um, I have a husband of 39 years, two daughters, one is 36 and one is 33, and two, three grandsons, 12, 9, and 2. So that's my family. In Cambodia, I have 150 children, and I can't tell you how many grandchildren. And yeah, there's a lot of people in Cambodia that we're touching. My husband is in Cambodia now with our non-for-profit, so that is called Inis Steps International. So he's my umbrella. If you can see my umbrella, I'm gonna use your imagination. See my umbrella, he is the protection, the covering. I don't get wet, I don't get in trouble, it goes to him first. You donate your money there, you don't donate it to me, and we do the work of the ministry with the money that you donate. But he sends me out from under the umbrella and says go to do what God's called you to do. He's called me by name. Isaiah 43, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Fear not, I've called you by name and you are mine. He established me, he rescued me because I was indeed a slave to fear. I brought up a different piece. I'm gonna show you some, you some stories. I'm gonna show you some pieces of what I do. This is a rescue rope. But you have to activate your choice. Do you want to be rescued or you do not? Not everybody's human traffic, but everybody's a slave to fear if you don't know perfect love. Okay, the rescue rope is thrown out to people and they have to activate their choice, I want to be free. So when I became a Christian, I wanted freedom. So he rescued me and so I have a rescue ministry and I don't go kick down the brothel door and I don't go do those kinds of things. I rescue people from being slaves of fear. I rescue them from a dark, dreary, oppressive past and I help to set people free. I love my work, I love what I do, and I don't glamorize sex. I go to the root of the problems, and that's always in the family unit, and it's never a fun message to say. But this is where trafficking happens, this is where abuse happens, this is where identity is supposed to happen, and everybody's born to know significance, to know value, to know 
who they are, their purpose, is most supposed to come through the family unit. And if the family unit doesn't encourage and strengthen and secure and all those things to children, they will grow up wondering who they are. And they will look for love in all the wrong places. And that's why human trafficking happens today, is because the family unit's a mess. And nobody ever tells that message, but I'll tell that message. This rescue rope, I'm going to take it off of the hot and close, and I'll bring it to the rope. This is what I do with my girls before. When we were doing rescue, this is what I did when they were coming out of human trafficking. I throw you the rope, and you decide, I'm going to take hold of the rope, and you're going to pull the rope. But I don't want it so up close and personal. Nobody likes that. We bring it to the rope, and I have different colors on the rope. And these are made by the women in the ministry now, but this is the story rope. This helps to, I don't pull it, but we draw out of them. If you don't get it out, it's going to stay in. This is what happened, and this is where it was, and this is who it was, and this is how I felt. And we go through the rope, and at the end, it says, I'm made with love. That's what this is. They're out in the bookstore. You can pick it up and just a reminder of your story. It takes it off that that close here. But you know what? The Lord knows it all, and he desires us to be transparent. He desires us to go to him. He desires to help to reform and to reshape that which has been broken. And that's my message today is about reshaping. So reshape people's lives. We are 10 years old in Saksam. Happy birthday to me. Just turned 10. It's a really exciting place to be. And we have gone from... I'll give you my history from the beginning. 2007, Ginny Hansen, me, doing business as Saksam. So it was a business first. Then the CPA said, put it in the ministry because we give all the money there anyway. Save your tax money, put it in the business, in the ministry. Put it in the ministry. Everybody donated to the ministry, bought product. I didn't pay income tax, but paid sales tax on everything that we sold. Went in the ministry, went from the nonprofit world to the church world. In Cambodia, we were the nonprofit. This is what it looks like. I don't need to work too hard today. Mom's going to take care of me. It produced laziness. It produced dependency. So we went out of the nonprofit world to the church world, and we wanted to see discipleship and training of the people through the church ministry because that's really the beauty of Saksam is if it wasn't for the Lord, I'd walk away. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be free. And they see and hear this message every single day. So we brought it to the church. Well, we found that people were going to the church, but they're going to the church because they want to have their work. And that's a really wrong reason to go to the church. So we took it out of the church, and guess what? It's now into the business world once again where we began. So people that want to have a job, have a job. And when you have job creation, it will stop trafficking right there because people sell their children in Cambodia because they don't have any money. So job creation allows people to buy and sell and not have to borrow, because if you borrow, I want to show you what borrowing does. I'm a mother. I have five children. I can't feed my kids. So I want to go to the doctor and get food, but what do I do? I don't have any money, and I've gambled, and I don't know how to do it, and I don't have any money, and I'm so helpless and hopeless and fearful, and I'm, what am I going to do? And I'm depressed, and this is me at home as a Cambodian mom. But 
the rich man or the rich lady. I bet I can borrow. So I go find a rich person and I borrow $100. Please, can I borrow $100? Get $100 and soon the rich man or rich woman says, I want my $100 back. I don't have $100. I didn't have one. Now how can I come up with $100? But you now owe me $150 because of the interest. And now you owe me 200 because of the interest. Now you owe me 250, 300, 350, and you get the idea that usury interest goes really high, really fast, because there's no laws. So the, the interest, I can't pay back. What does the mother do? He's rich. I can't pay it back. What am I going to do? And then they say this, give me your child, your youngest daughter. That's where they'll go. If you have a young daughter, that's what they'll do. So she thinks like this, he's rich, she can go to school, he's rich, she'll eat, he's rich, she'll have a hope, she's rich, he's rich, okay, take my daughter. But they don't know is that when he takes that daughter, he's going to sell that daughter to someone else. And chances are she's going to be sold because her blood is clean, I'm going to leave the lines blank because I have children in here, but she's clean and she's going to go to a place that's really dirty. It's not good. This is what happens all the time. Or they think, I have a three-year-old daughter, and I'm going to prance her around, and I'm going to put a dress on her and makeup and high heels, and I'm going to travel her around and show everybody on her birthday that she is beautiful. And the highest bidder is going to bid on her and say, she's mine when she's 15. This is normal life in Cambodia. But unless you get into Cambodia and you go down into the root system, you're just going to end up kicking the brothel door and make no change. You have to make a change in the family unit. You have to understand that there needs to be teaching. These people are not stupid. They're wonderful. I love them with everything in me. But they've never been taught. They've never understood value is not in money. Value is in who you are, how God created you. Value and security is put in there by the family. The mother doesn't know it. The grandmother doesn't know it. The great-grandmother doesn't know it. And so what do we have? People that are understand, don't understand their purpose or their value. That's saksam. That's what we do. We bring value into people. We make people feel significant, not just make them. They are. It doesn't matter if you make a thousand mistakes. I'll never turn my heart from you. I will always love you. That's how we're supposed to be, are, be to everyone. And wouldn't everybody be a Christian if someone loved them like that? Wow. I would have been the first one at the door. I didn't feel judged. I, I just would want to be a Christian if people were loving. So he's love, and we're supposed to be love. I take people that have been broken, cast away, thrown aside, and make new. I have a message from the from our church. I'm going to share with you quickly. I made it this morning at Sherry's house with flour, salt, water, and oil. Can you tell me what it is? Do you think you know? It's, well, we would know as Play-Doh, but it's really, a, I want to make it to clay today. So I have clay, and we are the, the clay. He's the potter. Potter means to form, to shape. Parents are supposed to form and shape our children. We're, they are given to us as a gift. The Creator put things within them, but we're supposed to form and shape and bring those things out and help them to understand who they are, help them to understand that there's something inside of them. I watched a little boy this morning play the air guitar, and I thought, hmm, I wonder what he's going to be when he's 20. He's going to play music, and he's going to love it because he loved it right there. 
and you just notice, try to think, what is inside the people, musicians inside of that one man, he just imagined playing that guitar. But this gets developed and formed and hurt and broken in the family unit. And what happens to that pot? They end up going down roads they shouldn't go down because I don't know who I am, so I don't know my purpose. And maybe he'll love me or maybe she'll love me. Or I don't know who I am. And we end up in the wrong hands because we want to be loved. So if it's not happening at home, it will happen someplace else. That's not the only way that human trafficking happens, but it is the majority of the ways. Mm. I never share this publicly, never once. My third great-grandfather was abducted from the country of Portugal and put on a boat as a five-year-old. So abductions do happen at young ages. That's in my family. My grandfather was an abolitionist. Why do I do what I do? My grandfather, my third great-grandfather, I love justice, my mother was a judge. I, I come by it naturally by a family that God has deposited the heart of justice inside. I was captive to fear. My pot was a mess. God reshaped this pot, me, because I cried out, change me. And you know what I cried out? Day one, I want to know love. I want to know love. I want to know love. I want to know love because love was very twisted and distorted in my world. So let's go back to the clay because it gets hot and nobody likes the heat. But you have to take heat to, mold, to make that pot beautiful. In the church, I share about the potter and clay. I will tell you a little story about a, one of our little girls. She's not little anymore. She's 11. Her name is Srepia. She lives in our father's house. So we have orphaned, abandoned, trafficked, or abused children. They're not all sex trafficking. No matter what I say, everybody turns to sex trafficking. It's not true. I have orphaned, abandoned, abused, and trafficked children. Srepia was five when this happened, but we met her when she was maybe one to one and a half years old. Her father was the village tiger. His, her mother died in childbirth, and she has, I think there was five siblings. They lived under a tarp, and her father was not, didn't know how to be a father. He'd never known how to be a father. He's a survivor, just like most of Cambodia, an alcoholic, a gambler, drugs, whatever he could do to make himself feel better, that's what he did, and he didn't know how to take care of the children. So we went in and we helped. Is that rescue? You bet it is. It's rescue right where it should be, helping someone come out of a really horrible situation and try to get them to another place. But on the journey of trying to help him, we realized that Maybe he doesn't want help. You see the rescue rope? You have to want help. You can go in all day long and do rescue, and people don't want it, and they're going to go back where they came from. People have to want to be free. People have to want to be changed. People have to want help. I was a victim. A lot of times you don't have a voice, and you don't know how to use it. But you have desire inside, and that desire has to be stronger than the fear. So this family, I noticed that we built them a house, and we tried to help them parent, and we tried to provide everything for them. He started to take his house apart, and I told my husband, if we don't step in and do something, he's going to sell the kids. We watched the house get dismantled piece by piece. We rent, went in and went to go put the children in a foster care system to protect 
and Srepia was missing. The youngest girl was gone. The baby we brought into our care, and he's adopted within our ministry, and the other children are placed in foster care. We built Father's House as a direct result of this family so those children would have a home and they could be raised. Srepia was missing, and we prayed for two years for her to be revealed where she was. We heard in the village that she had gone to the north of Cambodia in this little township. So we went to the government and we said, we heard that she's in this area. Can you help us? They wrote us permission to go into that area. They went in the middle of the night on an eight-hour drive, and they went, knocked on the door at 2 o'clock in the morning so no one would have wind that they're coming, knocked on the door and said, this is the permission that we have from the government. Give us Srepia. That's rescue. It's not kicking down a brothel door. She was in a home of a man that was abusing her sexually, and she was blinded in her eye because she didn't want to perform. That's what we had. A little girl with a blinded eye named Srepia. Do you think for a minute that God chose that for her? If you told me that, I'd tell you he's evil. He, there's no evil in God, he's only good. That is not his plan, that is not his heart, and I don't want people to ever think that God is evil and creates these evil things. This is free will of man, but free will of man has to choose life and death, blessing and cursing, right? So we have Srepia back. We bring her to the doctor, we have surgery on her eye, and she's been restored with her vision. Amazing. This is clay. This is Strapia. This is Strapia. The clay's been restored. She's beautiful. We've brought her life. She has vision. We named this little clay piece after Strapia. This clay is being made by victims of human trafficking that we're helping. They're not in our ministry any longer. I'm helping other ministries because I want other people to have ministry and we can do their distribution and tell their story. But this is Rapia's story. So it's clay. And I use clay to share the potter's story. So let's look at Jeremiah 18. The Lord gave a message to Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and I'll speak to you there. So he told me and and I found the potter working at the wheel. But the jar that he was making had not turned out as he had hoped. He crushed it into a lump of clay and started over. Then the Lord gave the message to me, O Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Go back to the potter's wheel and get reshaped. And he takes out things from life that he never intended it to be in the first place. He never intended that first rapia. He only saw her whole, beautiful, dignified, and valued with two eyes that could see really well. Love does something, you guys. It just doesn't tell somebody, I love them. It goes the distance. So we go the distance and we've created job creation so people have jobs, they can make money, they can feed their families, they can sew, they can make metal, They can do many, many things with their lives and be successful. So I want to go back to me for a second. And I want you to think about you with this. What were you doing at three, four, five, six years old? I love to tell what I did. I had a little box of kittens. I put them out by the roadside, and it said for sale on the kitten box. I was a businesswoman at five years old. 
I bought and sold. I loved business. My grandfather was my customer. He came and bought all my kittens. And he gave them away. And he was such a wonderful example. And really, he is my example of godliness in my family. So he is my hero. We all need to have a hero. We all need to be an example to someone because people are watching. I watched every move he made, and I loved him with everything in me. At five years old, I also went behind my mother's house. In the back of her house was a dump like of old trash bottles. And I would go into the bottle dump, and I would dig out and say, I know there's a value in there. I know there's a treasure in there. I know that there's a bottle in there that's really an antique, and I'm going to become rich. Well, I used to think, what will I do with the money? Or maybe buy my mother a new house. And think like this. We ever think like that when you're a kid? If you got a lot of money, what would you do with it? He wants to entrust us with the money to take care of the poor, that he hears their cry. In the word, I heard, in the worship songs, I heard this. I hear their cry. He wants us to be the answer, but he's got to get the money through this, not the bottleneck. He's got to get the money down all the way to the people on the ground, that they have the money, they have the jobs, they have everything. So when you buy this, I can guarantee you 1,000% that the people are paid four and five, six times national wage. I can guarantee you every single person in our ministry is paid extremely well. That's what the Lord's looking for to people to entrust. How many business people in here? Not too many business people. He wants to entrust business people with wealth for the kingdom. That's his purpose. The ones that he can trust to get money to where it needs to go. So I love that part of, of business. I don't have a salary from Saksam believe it. When people donate to us, it goes to the people. I take that bottle story, or I'll go to my mother's right side of her yard. There was an automobile dump, and I would go in there, and I would look in the glove compartment underneath the rugs. Somewhere in this crashed car, there's going to be a diamond ring. I know there's a diamond ring in there, and I would dig and dig and try to find somebody left behind something of value. Or I would dig and dig and dig in there and say, I know I can find an old coin. I can find something in there. That's who I was when I was little, a treasure hunter. I look through garbage. I want to show you how that works today. I have dumps in Cambodia. We are the dumping capital of the world. If you send your things to Goodwill and Goodwill can't send it, Goodwill will send it to Cambodia. And maybe I find a nice dress shirt like that and I cut that dress shirt up and I make it into cloth that can make a bag. I'll take somebody else's garbage and turn it into treasure. So I take thrown away cement bags and thrown away metal and thrown away coconut shells and they're discarded, like just tossed away and we pick up the shell and we cut it and we make a button. That's somebody's job in a poor community. If you can cut a coconut button, you don't borrow money because you can make your own. It's the beautiful thing that, I, that the Lord has given us and I love doing it. These flowers, this fabric is tossed away, garbaged material. And we take it and we cut it up and we make something new. How many other treasure hunters are in there? How many other people love to take something and make it new? Like, I find that exciting and exhilarating. I caught the word joy in the song. He wants us to make us joyful, but he has to take away the mourning first. He has to take away the sadness. This is thrown away metal, discarded metal. It's in a heap. 
but I reached out to young men. I reached out to the gangster, the ex-prisoner, the drug addict, the alcoholic, the human trafficker, and their sons. And their, their job is metal work and cutting metal. So this is our little Christmas ornament. It is the first project that someone coming out of prison would do because if you don't give someone coming out of these situations hope and a future and a way to make income, they're going to go back to being a gangster and go back to doing their old life because they don't know how to do anything else. So I bring restoration. I take people thrown away, and I bring life to them. These girls, when I started, never thought they would be anything different than an X, Y, and Z. And now they're daughters. They're beautiful, fearfully and wonderfully made. And they are reproducing like kind in Cambodia. They are reproducing themselves. They're giving hope to their communities. And yeah, I love my job. I love what I'm doing. I'm thankful for this church for supporting us. The work of Innis Steps goes out into the provinces, out into the village, and we can share with the people the truth of the gospel. We can share with them how to wash your hands so you stop diarrhea in your family, because that will kill your family if you don't learn how to do that. But you can also make flowers if your hands are clean. And so we teach things like hygiene, but we don't have any soap. So things like people that donate to our ministry, we go buy soap, because try living in a poor community with less than a dollar a day. You can't feed your children. You're not going to buy soap and toothpaste. That's just the reality of what we're doing there. Um, I, again, I can't say enough about what we're doing. It's a wonderful ministry. When you buy Saksam in the bookstore or wherever, come to the fashion show, you will see all that we're doing. But my third job when I was a child, my third thing I liked when I was a child was cutting out paper dolls and putting the clothes on and matching the shoes and putting on the earrings and doing all those things that, wow, I'm closer to 60 than 50. And only a few years ago did I realize that this is in me and I like it because the Lord planted it in me to put in design. So we're doing design. We're making clothes now. We used to just do bags and handbags and wallets and flowers and buttons and metal, and now we're doing clothes. And so clothes is our newest thing, much like this piece. This is 15 ways that you can wear it. And come to our fashion show, and I'll tell you how. Our little dress is named Valinda. Her mom was a bad girl. She married a bad boy. They have a new baby, and we're changing generations. So I love my job. I love what I'm doing. Thank you very much for this time. Thank you, Ginny. Let's, let's take a moment as the band comes out to pray for Saxon and for Ginny and all the ministry that they're doing. Let's pray. God of us all, God of all creation, God who made us fearfully and wonderfully made. God, we ask that you would be present in Ginny's ministry and in all the work that she is doing and all who are doing in Saxon and in his footsteps. Lord, we ask that you would be present, that you would continue to change lives and you would continue to let your presence be known. God, we ask that you would give people the will to change and the desire to change, to let you in and to see your kingdom come and to see your will be done in this earth that you've created. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and all who agreed said.